Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Confluence Cast presented by Columbus Underground. We are a weekly Columbus-centric podcast focusing on the civics, lifestyle, entertainment, and people of our city. I'm your host, Tim Fulton. This week, we start a new series, a series on neighborhoods in Columbus, exploring the virtues and challenges of individual Columbus neighborhoods. First up, we take a visit to the Hilltop. On the occasion of their newly completed Camp Chase Trail, I sat down with Jody Zoranen, the co-founder of Friends of Camp Chase Trail, and Betty Janes, president of the Westgate Neighbors Association. We discussed the new trail, the renaissance that they're fighting for on the hilltop, some of the sensitivities and perceptions that the West Side faces, and finally, their food trucks initiative, with which they're trying to demonstrate the demand and buying power of the hilltop neighborhood. As part of this series, we will continue to ask what initiatives are being taken by the city to help neighborhoods, what the civically-minded people in the area want, and the grassroots ways that civic associations in neighborhoods can demonstrate the need for changes. If you'd like your neighborhood featured on this series, get in touch with us. We can be reached by email at info at theconfluencecast.com. You can get more information on what we discussed today in the show notes for this episode at theconfluencecast.com. Enjoy the interview. Sitting down here with Jody Zoranen, founder of Friends of Camp Chase Trail and Betty Jane's president of the Westgate Neighbors Association. Ladies, how are you? Good morning. Good morning. Good, good. We are sitting down here talking about all the things that are happening in the Hilltop, some things that are happening in Westgate specifically. First of all, want to talk about the coming to completion soon, the new Camp Chase Trail. Uh, Jody, can you sort of give us the the bird's eye view of, of what the trail is and where it is? Well, the trail, as of December 1st, is done and opened. We were able to get the final section paved up to Georgesville Road, and we invite people to come out and check it out. So the the most recent part of this 16-mile trail is what we refer to as Camp Chase Trail on the hilltop. Mm-hmm. So that's about three miles from Eureka Avenue, north of Eureka Avenue, near Holton Park, mm-hmm. and then it goes out to, to Georgesville Road. So that's the three miles. And then with a short connector over Industrial Mile Road, you can connect to the the remaining 12 miles of the Camp Chase Trail, which will get you out to London. And it's it's a beautiful multi-use trail, Mm -hmm. and we invite people to come visit, enjoy. It's a great asset for the citizens in the area and all over Columbus. Yeah, and the trail was developed in partnership, City of Columbus, Franklin County Metro Parks, and then Columbus City Rec and Parks. And I think Columbus Division of Public Service is helping sort of with the, the facilitation, keeping it safe and, and keeping it maintained. They're actually building a connector along Georgesville Road and Sullivan Avenue. So okay. it will be a side path next to the road that will help with the the connecting between the two main trail segments. So that will be built over the next, um, really, it should complete during 2017. So in a a perfect world. Yes. Good. It's about a half mile. And the trail is actually named after originally a camp for Camp Chase, which was a staging and training area for the Union Army. 
It has the dubious privilege of being known as the largest Confederate prisoner of war camp, and there's still actually a, a graveyard there, correct? It's definitely the largest within Union territory. Okay, largest yes. in the so, north. Yeah, yes. That's my understanding, yes. That's fair. And Jody, give us a little, you are actually not a resident, but you you do work and play in the Hilltop. Uh, Give us just a little bit of your background as as a person. Well, I've lived in Franklin County my whole life, so uh, half of it inside the Outer Belt and half of it outside the Outer Belt. Mm -hmm. Uh, 30 of those years is in the actual city of Columbus, and... I've been civically active in all kinds of different initiatives. More recently, in the bicycle advocacy world, I got connected with the Ohio to Erie Trail, which connects Cincinnati to Cleveland, Mm -hmm. and uh, the Camp Chase Trail is a key piece of that. So I started attending the Madison version of the Trail Friends, Madison County, Friends of Madison County Parks and Trails, Mm -hmm. and I realized, hey, this Camp Chase Trail is making its way to Columbus, and we didn't have an equivalent trail friends type initiative. So and it is an advocacy group, correct? Like, what what is it that what is it that the Friends of Camp Chase Trail does? We're more of a network and a community, and I I'm a co-founder with Chris Hadesy, so he's an auto dealer and mm-hmm. he has a, an RV dealership, you know, right there uh, at, on West Broad, mm-hmm. and he's been a cheerleader for this trail for really since the beginning of the initiative for the trail. And so when I was attending the Madison Friends, I said, hey, you know, I bet Chris Hadesy would be interested in, you know, helping to launch this group. So mm-hmm. so we started the meetings in October of 2013. And it's been, we kind of have a combination of in-person meetings, but now that the trail's done, it's really more about getting, I mean, to be a trail friend, you go out, you use the trail, you mm-hmm. care for the trail, you promote you the trail, take, talk about it. You sit down here with me. Exactly. Well, but also you take the initiative to organize cleanups a little bit, I imagine. Exactly. We, uh, about a year ago, we convened the Hilltop Action Team, which was a group to focus on these three miles sort of inside the Outer Belt, inside 270. Okay. Um, Because that's the area with the greatest potential for enjoyment. It's also the area that if, you know, if there's litter, broken glass, crime, then people aren't going to use it. Mm -hmm. So we, you know, we're sort of this adopted group. I call myself the foster mom, but now the residents are, you know, stepping in and uh, Mm -hmm. the Columbus West Side Running Club is about a year old and they said, hey, we want to do a litter cleanup. And so, you know, kind of We've connected him with Friends of the Hilltop and Keep Columbus Beautiful. And now on January 21, they're going to have a, uh, a cleanup. So, Great. Yes. So all these, pl- the planning is now coming to fruition. And it's very exciting. And the actions are happening. Yeah. Betty, Janes, again, welcome. Talk to us. What is the Westgate Neighbors Association? <laughs> it is actually a, a pretty young organization. We were founded in 2008, and we are a civic organization, not a homeowners association. Okay. And initially, when we were formed, we kind of thought we, we focused inward. And now that we've kind of gotten our, our um, wind, and we feel like we're at a tipping point, mm-hmm. we're reaching out and seeing what we can do at a grassroots level to bring economic development back to the hilltop. 
Okay. And what is the discerning difference between a, a residence association and a, a homeowner's association? A homeowner's association will tell you what color you can paint your shutters. Okay. Will tell you where you can park your car. Okay. Uh, a civic organization is, is more of a community organization. Our homes were built in the 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s, and they were built upon, uh, the, the eastern part of Westgate was built upon Camp Chase, which mm-hmm. um, uh, we already discussed the, the history there. Um, we're blessed to not have attached garages. Mm-hmm. We have sidewalks and we have front porches. Mm-hmm. And that really makes us more of a connected neighborhood because you don't just push your remote and drive into your garage and, and uh, never see your neighbors. Mm-hmm. So we're very connected. We, um, we are um, constantly connecting our neighbors. We feel like a connected neighborhood is, is safer. Mm-hmm. And as I say now, we're working in conjunction with the uh, Hilltop Business Association and Greater Hilltop Area Commission and other organizations to, and with the City of Columbus, to um, bring Hilltop back mm-hmm. to, to what it was because it was, um, in its glory days, was the, the place to be. Absolutely. And there is, there will be more information sort of on the history of the Hilltop in the show notes to this episode at theconfluencecast.com. Talk about sort of what changes, what positive changes you're seeing in the Hilltop at large right now. Um, Well, certainly with Mayor Ginther's focus on neighborhoods Mm -hmm. and specifically Hilltop and um, Linden and with the formation of the neighborhood Department of Neighborhoods Mm -hmm. we're starting to to get a, a stronger voice at City Hall and uh, partnering with Department of Development and uh, trying to figure out what it's going to take to get the uh, investment private and public mm-hmm. investment to get the hilltop, specifically the West Broad Corridor and Sullivan Avenue Corridor, mm-hmm. um, business back there. Okay, so let's let's lay some sensitivities sort of out on the line, just so that we expose them, because I think that a lot of people, if they're aware of it, will jab me for not bringing it up. Westgate is a beautiful neighborhood. It remains slightly insulated from the remaining hilltop. And I think that there's, I would not call it a criticism, I will call it a sensitivity in that a lot of great things happen in Westgate and there's a lot of positive momentum happening there. And what you're saying is you hope to see that translate further to the hilltop area at large. Exactly. Great. Exactly. We are working on at a grassroots level mm-hmm. with the Westgate Farmers Market and with the food trucks to demonstrate demand, the buying power of the greater Hilltop area. Are you seeing it? We are. Okay. We are. We had actually six businesses open in 2016. Okay. So businesses are starting to take notice. As far as Westgate being, I've always said Westgate can't survive as an island. We have to be sensitive to those around us. And I like to point to some of the other areas of the city, Old Town East, German Village, Mm -hmm. Short North, that all spawned neighborhoods development. Absolutely. It, well, and I adjacencies. think and I think that certainly Old Town East you can point to some sensitivity still with the Near East side. Correct. Uh, that it, you know that that vitality has not translated north yet, but certainly the Shore North has spurned two great neighborhoods and I hope at some point we start calling them properly Victorian Village and Italian Village Correct. and see that those large swaths have translated into, into positive growth as well. 
Exactly. Rising tide raises all ships. So right. we feel like we have, uh, we are an all-volunteer organization, so okay. we have limited bandwidth. So we're focusing on what we can do and what we can affect. Okay. And what we talk a lot of sort of about the empowerment of organizations on here. What can you guys do? Can't Is it really just excuse me, not just, but is it really advocacy events and promoting things that are already happening? Um, it's certainly driving awareness. Okay. We ha- we hold a, um, a Westgate Home and Garden Tour okay. each year. This is our going to be our sixth year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we invite all of Central Ohio to come in and see what makes our homes so different. Mm-hmm. Um, Westgate is, as you mentioned, have, has some beautiful homes, but they're very affordable. Mm-hmm. So we're finding people moving to Westgate that are kind of priced out of the short north and German village and so forth, but they still want those homes. We drive awareness through the farmer's market, which is a truly grassroots organization. Um, the the Westgate Neighbors Association is a strong promoter and sponsor, but literally there were two women who decided we need it. Mm-hmm. And so they worked tirelessly uh, to, to launch it. Last year was their inaugural year. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's just been a great way to draw focus to the area. Talking about some of the other positive things uh, right now, uh, just this month, the West Side Running Club is turning one year old. There's links to everything that we discuss again in the show notes at theconfluencecast.com. Talk about some of the other new businesses that opened on the West Side. Uh, well, we had two salons open. Okay. Uh, we had um, Gypsy Soul Antiques and Vintage Home Decor. Delightful shop. Okay. Delightful shop at 11 North Westmore. And that actually grew out of the Westgate Farmers Market. Okay. It was and- a vendor. It, they were a vendor. Okay. And, you know, I spoke with one of the planners at uh, Morsefee, the Mid-Ohio Regional Planning Commission. Mm-hmm. And when we talked about the farmer's market, they felt like that would drive more economic development than just about anything. Okay. And so within two or three markets, she saw uh, the potential, the buying potential of the area. And she, in conjunction with one of our long-term residents, Daryl Hennessy, he bought a building um, and similar to what was done in Short North with private investment, mm-hmm. he bought a building, renovated it, and is offering the the storefronts at below market value. Okay. In order to spur economic development, and so he, she was uh, Gypsy Soul was one of their first vendors or mm-hmm. one of their first tenants, mm-hmm. and then they hosted a, a holiday pop up store from October through December. Uh, again, allowing um, local vendors and crafters and artists to display and sell their wares. Okay. So it's that kind of grassroots drive mm-hmm. that is really having people take notice. Um, we had another another store open, Firefly Sweet Shot uh, Shop, and their story is really uh, unique. They okay. have a social mission where their um, their business model is to give those with developmental disabilities a a place to actually work okay and interact with the public and so he has a satellite store his main store is in london and um he has a satellite store in westgate okay so it's those kind of unique ventures that i know westgate and the area around it they're embracing okay and I know you guys are doing food truck events now. Again, we talked about the Columbus Westside Running Club, 
the farmer's market, Summer Jam West Festival. Can we talk about that a little bit? Sure. So Summer Jam West, so it is a art and music festival held in Westgate Park this year on July, Saturday, July 8th. Mm -hmm. And they've had a legacy of dedicating a new art project each year. And the neat thing is that the previous year's art project is then incorporated in the next. So the first that I can think of is Wings of Change, Mm -hmm. a monarch sculpture. And then the next year, the Fantastic Food Garden mural referenced the monarch. And then that's on the side of the uh, handball court. Okay. And then this year, the Camp Chase Trail is a a host site okay. that uh, there is a large warehouse along the trail near Sylvan Avenue. Roger Williams was the muralist that was chosen, and it's going to be a beautiful celebration of the trail, incorporating the the previous two uh, art projects, and the theme is moving and grooving this year. So, Fantastic. Uh, exactly. So all the trail uses are being incorporated in that, and uh, we're excited, and that will be up in the spring. So Summer Jam is a one-day festival with vendors and music and food, and then it has this lasting legacy of bringing public art to the hilltop and points of pride, and so it's one example of the the kind of activity and and revitalization we're Mm -hmm. seeing in the greater hilltop. The previous years, it was called Summer Jam Westgate, and this was the first year right after last year's. It's rebranded Summer Jam West, purely to to show that this is a... a, It is a full community festival. I think some people feel if it says Westgate in it, you have to live there to enjoy it, and that's certainly not the case. Well, and that speaks to some of the sensitivities we talked about earlier. Westgate is... It's a sizable neighborhood with a 47-acre park at right smack dab at the middle which Mm -hmm. hosts summer jam west as well as the hilltop historic bean dinner festival tell me about the hilltop historic bean dinner festival well everyone wants to sit down in june on a hot summer day and eat bean soup that's what i always think of on a hot summer day right but it is actually goes back to the civil war Okay. Era and soldiers would get together for reunions. Right. And so I believe it was in the 30s the Hilltop Business Association started hosting it, and it's um, it's it's a day where the area comes alive. There are thousands of visitors that come. They have um, they have food in addition to the the beans. The beans are the beans are food. Beans are and the beans are delicious. Yes, (laughs) they are delicious. But they have beans and cornbread and so forth. And then they have some vendors. They have some some crafters. They mm-hmm. have music. They have a car show. But what what the community does is it's a day to have hundreds of yard sales and garage sales. Oh, okay. And so it's known as, I mean, the, 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 the area just comes alive that day. It's, it really is exciting to listen to the music and to, to go over and, and uh, see the cars and so forth. And eat the beans. And coming up the fourth Saturday in June, the historic Hilltop Bean Dinner Festival. Sponsored by the Hilltop Business Association. Sponsored by the Hilltop Business Association. More information on that also in the show notes at theconfluencecast.com. You guys have talked a lot about revitalization, and I want to hear a little bit about where the neighborhood was. Be that five years ago, be that 10 years ago, 
be that 15 years ago of what is it coming back from census data says the number of people there dropped by not a significant amount but 1.2 percent dropped between 2000 and 2010 similarly the number of residences in the hilltop at large dropped 1.2 percent thank you wikipedia that doesn't seem to me like a significant drop but you guys talk a lot there are crime issues in the neighborhood i want to talk about so you know what are the challenges that the hilltop is trying to address some of it is infrastructure some of it is crime some of it is jobs some of it is perception some of it is perception great talk to me about that i would love to be able to share with the media mm-hmm. what the hilltop boundaries are okay and so you're saying murder on the hilltop you're like that's actually not the hilltop exactly okay so if it happens at at galloway and West Broad Street, Mm -hmm. that's Galloway. That's not the west side. Okay. If an ATM robbery happens on Rome Hilliard Road, that's not the west side, that's Hilliard. Right. But if it happens within our boundaries, it's automatically the hilltop. Mm -hmm. And I know there are other areas of the city that are dealing with this same perception that if it bleeds, it leads, and we're going to, to lead with the fact that it it is the hilltop. Well, and let me make a weird comparison that the media doesn't do, but it's like if you said there was a murder in Linden, but instead of Linden, you said just east of Clintonville. Mm-hmm. Good so, example. So are you, I mean, are you stating that the crime is not truly as bad as it is perceived? No, to be I, in the I, I'm not conscience? saying that. I'm saying that crime, is, the crime rates are increasing throughout the, the, the country okay. because of the heroin ec- epidemic. So okay. we know that we are not insulated with that. And certainly Westgate is not insulated with that. We have a lot of property crimes because those coming in to feed their habit. Okay. And, and certainly um, there are areas within the hilltop that are problematic. I'm just thinking that there are a lot of good things going on. There are a lot of good people, mm-hmm. hardworking people living on the hilltop. And all the media tends to focus on, which I guess is their job, is, is the negative. Right. And so their perception, you know, we, we talked earlier about um, the short north and they, they've got clear defined neighborhoods that have kind of grown out of there. Mm-hmm. We've got defined areas and neighborhoods with Wiltshire Heights, with Highland West, with Holly Hill, with, with Georgian Heights. Those are all great neighborhoods, mm-hmm. but the Greater Hilltop Area Commission is one of the largest, correct me if I'm wrong, Jody, it's one of the largest commissions in the city. So it, when you say Hilltop, I would love to see that defined more towards the neighborhoods. Okay. But you are, I mean, you guys say revitalization. So what, right. what, are the, what are the, would you say, are the other challenges that the neighborhood faces? Certainly in some of the areas, the high vacancy rate. Okay. Along the Broad Street Corridor, we've got some great buildings that could be revitalized and, and some new businesses brought in. We'd love to see a bike shop. We're working mm-hmm. very hard to get a bike shop to and coincide with, in a coffee yeah, shop trail with the trail. Side, yeah, yeah. And so we've got we've got some individuals who are working in conjunction with the city, with the business association, to attract those businesses. One of our big asks of the city was for a new market study, uh, because the one that was done in 2010 showed that we had some some great buying power, mm-hmm. um, and the demographics showed that they could support some some of the businesses that were lacking. 
So um, and storefront hopeful. sites. There's l- beautiful storefronts on Sullivan and Broad that, in some of the other neighborhoods, you know, have already been torn down. Mm-hmm. So there, there is a, a template to come in. It, it, I wanted to sort of take a step back and talk about, you know, part of the decline really comes from the decline of Franklinton, you know, formerly known as the Bottoms, mm-hmm. and when the flood wall was built. It was completed in 2003, Mm -hmm. and you've seen a dramatic change in Franklinton in that time. And so really... Well, and truly, you couldn't get federal funding in order to build in that area until the flood wall was done. That cloud that was hanging over the Franklinton area at the time really did expand up to the hilltop. Mm -hmm. In many ways, the hilltop is sort of like a small Detroit. You know, the heyday was manufacturing based it was blue collar it had a strong middle class and that you know those were the groups that had the you know the Kiwanis and the 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 all the groups that were involved in their community and mm-hmm. it was tight-knit and when people talk about we got to bring back the hilltop I think there's that kind of hunger for you know when it was a a tight-knit community where people knew each other and now you know over I can't say statistically but I would say really since the early 90s Mm -hmm. uh, you know that's when this sort of slide began and when people there's a lot of frustration of who's responsible for this you Mm -hmm. know there's a lot of finger pointing at the city Mm -hmm. when really the area is not all city of Columbus boundaries. A lot right. of it is Franklin Township and, you know, Prairie Township. So now there's more of an effort to have a multi-jurisdictional collaboration. Mm-hmm. And instead of saying, you know, who's responsible for the decline? It's now saying, hey, we're all in this together to, to create the revitalization. Mm-hmm. And I kind of hesitate. It's like, we're not going to bring the hilltop back to how it was, but we are going to make it better than it is and really Mm -hmm. reinvent it to, I guess, you know, kind of the way Detroit is. Detroit is never going to be what it was. Right. But the people that are moving in care about it. And you have artist communities, you have new business, and there's new innovations coming out of Detroit that weren't happening, you know, 30 years ago. So part of that is that we need to let go of of what's happened but be willing to you know em- embrace new ideas embrace that and change and see what can happen right diver- diversity and we haven't talked about it but there's a large uh, hispanic and somali Population. population right exactly so those are the businesses we're going to start to see as well and and being open to that and really encouraging that is you know the way the northland corridor has been revitalized you know really from an international population absolutely I think that's a big part of of what we're going to see are you seeing pushback let's the west. Let, i hope we don't need to dwell on it but are you seeing pushback against that Hispanic and Somali population in terms of like you guys are taking over what we once had. Or I can't speak to it. Fair. And I think and I'm, I, frankly I'm glad. Yeah, the trail has been almost universally embraced right. by anybody who's who's been ex- exposed to it. When I went out when the trail was being built into the hilltop, I visited Georgesville, which is a little 
community right outside of Battelle Darby Metro Park. Okay. And when they heard the trail was coming, they were nervous. You know, those people are going to be coming into our community. On my bike it, trail? Well, that's... Because, <laughs> you know, bikers. In general... Well, we're well, going to talk tra- about the skate park here in a second. <laughs> <laughs> trails in general, and trails aren't just bike trails. It's They are paved, so they're good for bikes. But, you know, hikers, strollers, rollerbladers. And so... By the time I had gone to this meeting, they said, we were so incorrect in our perception. You know, my yeah. son uses it to ride his bike out to his girlfriend's house in Lily Chapel. It's like, then it became, oh, this is for us. This is right. something great. And, you know, trail users wave. And and in general, trail users uh, tend to leave the better air the area better than they found it so you know we try to clean up after ourselves and so we as a trail user I certainly expect it to be a positive impact and I was glad to see this you know the small town that thought it could be (laughs) apocalyptic and then they said this is wonderful so I think we're seeing me personally are are seeing the same reaction uh, in the greater hilltop area and all the wonderful neighborhoods that border it. Can we talk about, given the challenges that the West Side faces, what can and should the city do for the hilltop and also sort of neighborhoods at large? Or you can talk about the initiatives that they're already doing or what would you would like to see happen more of. We are working with them to get a new marketing study that okay. will help us demonstrate to businesses that you know there's buying power here. Mm-hmm. And so that's in the approval process now. So we're pretty excited about that. The last market study we have is from 2010. Mm-hmm. You know, things have changed quite a bit since then. Uh, some for the better, actually. Market values, at least in Westgate, are the highest they've ever been. And we're attracting new young professionals. We're excited that the LGBT community has embraced our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And um, we don't have flag wars as other other areas have had. We're, we're really welcoming and, and very excited. What do you mean uh, by flag war? Flag wars happened in O-Town East when the, the, the LGBT community started buying those homes uh-huh. and flying their their pride flags right um the the neighbors that were already there okay were resentful of what they were doing and and change is is not always well accepted no it's not so we didn't have that we have a lot of excitement around there the city is working with us on some facade improvement initiatives mm-hmm. we they just approved and are have funded the final design phase of the West Broad Street streetscape okay and so it will bring some identity back to the neighborhoods and um, kind of in, improve improve the overall look and feel mm-hmm. uh, so they're working with us on that again we would love to have some uh, development funds to attract new businesses mm-hmm. some tax incentives that would help them we're you know the, the city is has never said no well, of uh, course not but we're we're working with them and hopeful that as we can get some private investment that there'll be there'll be some kinds of incentives to help them. Okay. 
Betty, talk to me about food trucks on the hilltop. All right. Well, one of the things that we wanted to do was demonstrate demand. They, we are often called a food desert. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a lot of places to eat. And we wanted to demonstrate that we're hungry, literally, uh, on the hilltop. And so uh, about a year and a half ago, we tested and, and started with Schmidt's sausage truck. Okay. They were the first ones to take a, a chance on us. And they are our biggest advocate now. Okay. They are uh, with the Central Ohio Food Truck Association. They will tell you they do two and a half to three times more volume when they come out to, to the Westgate area, the Hilltop area, than any other. Okay. And so that since has expanded to about a biweekly schedule where we have rotating trucks come in. And invariably they'll come in. They will not listen to us. They will not be prepared to serve 30 meals at to start, they will not be prepared to, to sell out, and invariably they they want to rebook Great. immediately. So that's demonstrating demand. We also have the food trucks at our at the Westgate Farmers Market, mm-hmm. and so it's a way not only to bring other food options into the area, but to demonstrate that there is a need and a hunger for more sit down restaurants. Okay, and uh, for more business. And that's an excellent example of sort of a grassroots way that you guys as a civic association are able to demonstrate a need for change, I think. Exactly. And when we met with the city between the food truck, uh, rotating food truck schedule and the Westgate Farmers Market, we felt that that was a model that could be replicated in other areas of the city Mm -hmm. because the food trucks are always busy for lunch but for dinner that's their downtime right and so we feel like we could work with other civic organizations to show what we've done so the department of development was very intrigued by that that it might be a model for other areas to adopt fantastic i wanted to add that um You know, the Hollywood Casino has been supportive of the new park that's coming at Wilson Road Park. Mm -hmm. And uh, they've helped to... To build that, to okay. to build the facilities there, and uh, you know what I would say, the casino has been a net positive for the area. I don't think you know when people say it hasn't fulfilled its expectation. Maybe expectations were not reasonable. Right. You know, it has. It's they've been a positive partner to Friends of the Hilltop, and and they're working with the community to bring back the neighborhood, to make it a, a great place. That's fantastic. And then I, I wanted to add a few things that uh, we did the Camp Chase Trail Action Plan. Okay. And, you know, one of the big things that's needed is trailside lodging. You okay. know, people that are using this for a multi-day, it's like our version of the Appalachian Trail. So okay. somebody that starts in Cincinnati headed to Cleveland, it would be wonderful if they had, you know, a a small bed and breakfast or trailside lodging, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's a hostel, we encourage people to sign up for Airbnb. You know, mm-hmm. you can host a trail user in your home. We'd love to see more attractions, maybe a, a hilltop historical society. You know, mm-hmm. people like to learn when they're on their uh, on their journeys. So we we're the new trail does have some uh, sort of rain garden areas. Um, we hope to see more public art. We just want this to be a neighborhood asset, mm-hmm. and for the residents that live there, and for the people that are discovering our greater West Side. 
Fantastic. Jody, Betty, thank you so much for your time today. Again, you can get more information on everything we talked today in the show notes at theconfluencecast.com. Ladies, thank you again so much. Thank you. Thank you, Tim. Thank you for listening to the Confluence Cast presented by Columbus Underground. Again, you can get more information on what we discussed today in the show notes for this episode at theconfluencecast.com. Please rate, subscribe, share this episode of the Confluence Cast with your friends, family, contacts, enemies, your favorite civic leader. If you're interested in sponsoring the Confluence Cast, get in touch with us. We can be reached by email at info at theconfluencecast.com. Our theme music was composed by Benji Robinson. I'm your host, Tim Fulton. Have a good week.